0: Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and co-host, Jason. What's up, y'all? So this week, we told the story of Felicia Barnes. And um, if you have listened to this week's episode, then you know that this was a tough episode, not just because of the details and the ultimate outcome of the case, but also because Felicia was so young. Um, You know, this podcast, I started off telling stories of adult women. And although those stories are, you know, just as difficult it's something about telling the story of a child of someone who was kind of at the at the will of other people and people weren't making good decisions that's always harder when when that's the case because these weren't necessarily decisions that she made or that um that she had the ability to make because she was so young so that just makes these kind of cases more difficult and felicia's case is just really is really sad because there's so many things that went wrong in this story. And so, when I picked this story, I knew once I you know got into the details and I did this story, I knew that this was going to be one of those cases where people were going to be like, "What in the hell?" You know, there's so many things about this story that you know I'm pretty sure you guys said that multiple times throughout this episode. So, uh, yeah, that's. That was, you know. Yeah, definitely a difficult story um, in all effects
1: surrounding the story. Let's get into uh, the recap of the story.
0: Yeah, let's get into this week's recap. So, like I said, we told the story of Felicia Barnes, 16 years old. Felicia was originally from Monroe, North Carolina, and um, she had recently gotten— in touch with her older siblings on her dad's side. She didn't have a a relationship with her father, lost contact with him. And so her mom had encouraged her to try to find him through her siblings, through his other children. And so she reconnected with them on Facebook and they developed a relationship and Felicia started going to Baltimore to visit them. In December, 2010, Felicia went to Baltimore to spend time with her sister She had been to Baltimore a few times before, at least I think this was her fourth time in Baltimore, and um, she went to visit her sister. But a few days after Felicia arrived in Baltimore, she disappeared from her sister's apartment. The last person to see Felicia was her sister's ex-boyfriend who was in the process of moving out of the apartment and said that he saw her that day, but no one ever saw Felicia again. Four months go by, almost four months go by. Um, there was extensive searches. The FBI joined in. Um, but uh, sadly, four months after she disappeared, her body was found floating in the river, uh, the Susquehanna River, and she was nude. Um, subsequently, the ex-boyfriend was eventually arrested about a year after the body was found. But uh, the case was very circumstantial. Uh, a term, you know, they didn't have a lot of direct evidence. And so there was three trials, eight years go by, and eventually uh the ex-boyfriend, Michael, is acquitted. And to this day, um, no one has been arrested or held accountable for um Felicia's murder. So Yeah, well, um <clears throat> we're
1: gonna get into uh just because this story is is the way it is, um you guys were able to Ask a lot of questions. So we mm-hmm. appreciate that. We're going to get into the interesting things about this case, things that you find interesting, of course. Mm-hmm. And um this case is really, really sensitive. So we want to try to just um recap it and stick to things that you think mm-hmm. um stick out to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, this is a very um sensitive case just because of the of the the age of the victim uh and the the details of the story and the fact that this is still an unsolved case, but there are just there's so many unanswered questions about what happened to Felicia. So it when I was going getting prepared for this episode, I'm trying to, you know, go through my 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 talking points and what I really want to talk about. and it it's crazy because usually I'm able to just like bam, bam, bam. But in this case, there are just so many things like I didn't even really know where to start. So, um, I decided that I was going to start with the day that she vanished because that's that it's just the easiest place to start so Felicia is from Monroe, North Carolina, and, like you said, she develops this brand new relationship with her siblings, older siblings that on her father's side, the barn side, and immediately, you know they strike up a relationship and they're messaging back and forth and then Felicia starts going to Baltimore. So in December 2010, when Felicia goes to Baltimore, there had been a couple of years that had gone by, at least two years possibly since she had first connected with her sibling. So this wasn't a brand new relationship. Okay. Two years had gone by. She had also been to Baltimore before, so this wasn't her first time there. Um, but she goes to Baltimore. It was the holidays. And so she goes to Baltimore to visit with her sister and normally when she went to Baltimore she would stay with Dina uh who she was according to reporting just she was she ended up just being the closest to her there was another sister named Kelly but she was closest to Dina so she goes to Dina's house and spends the night um by December 2018 I mean sorry Jesus by December 2010 Felicia oh, I'm sorry Dina who had a boyfriend also. So Dina has this boyfriend, Michael. Michael is living with Dina. But by December 2010, the events that, you know, and I'll go into that, but events that happened in a previous visit with um, Felicia that ended up leading Dina to kind of, according to her, ending the relationship with Michael, like essentially, but they stayed. They stayed living together for a few months. But by December 2010, he's moving out, and so when Felicia comes to visit, uh, uh, that's the that's the situation. According to Dina, they're not technically together; they're just living together. So what we know, and here's the thing about this story too, and and this was made it difficult to write the story because. I like to stick to the facts, right? I like to keep everything the facts. Of course. And, and sometimes when I'm doing the research, I'll find a lot of information that I know I or, or I don't I don't know is factual or that is rumor or whatever. And I won't include those things. This case, you know, I came across a blog and I've I referenced the blog in the episode. But this uh blogger was able to, and this is happening during the time when when Felicia is missing. So this is back in 2010. Um, and he's interviewing her mom and he's interviewing her sister and he's interviewing um, the brother. And the things that are being said are just, it's, it's crazy. But not only the things that they're saying, but then underneath of those things, there's like these message threads between the family and they're like arguing and accusing each other of things. And it just added to the complication of trying to tell this story and trying to figure out, okay, what exactly happened? And so I say that to say, because the day that she disappeared, the information that we have, it's it's hard to really determine what exactly happened. And so, but from what we tell in the story and, you know, what I was pretty much pretty much able to narrow down is that the day that Felicia goes missing, she is home or she's at her sister's apartment. And we know that there was at least another person there who was Michael's little brother when Dina leaves for work that morning. So according to Dina, she leaves for work that morning and Felicia is asleep in the bed with Michael's little brother. Now there's reporting that there was someone else there that there was another man there. I d- I don't know, but that's you know there's been reporting that there was another man there. But we know for sure that Michael's little brother was there. So you have that um Kelly who was the older sister was the, was supposed to pick Felicia up that day. Now that what that's according to their own you know story was that Dina went to work. Now normally when Felicia was there Felicia would go to work with either Dina or Kelly. Like, she wouldn't stay at home. That was not typical. But this time, uh, Dina decided that Felicia was tired. They had been up the night before partying. And so she just decided to let her sleep. And so that's why she wasn't with her. But Kelly was supposed to come and pick Felicia up. And then they were supposed to run some errands, go to the hairdresser, and stuff like that. Kelly, however, decides that she's also not going to pick Felicia up that day. And her reasoning is that, you know, she just decided she was going to let her sleep, that she did try to call her phone, but she didn't answer. You know, according to Dina, she was asleep. And so they she just made the decision not to pick her up. Now, all of these decisions, I think, you know, ultimately, I'm sure... Ended up being regrettable because there's this period of time that goes by where nobody actually talks to Felicia. She's seen that morning in the bed with the boy, but nobody ever really talks to Felicia after that, at least on the phone, at least according to what I could find. Nobody speaks to her. So, you know, you have all this time go by, but she's home alone. You know, there's no, it's just this weird time where there's like nobody is communicating with, 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 Felicia. Most of the information that they're getting about Felicia that day is coming from Michael, okay. who says, you know, I, I, at one point he tells Dina that uh, Felicia was asleep on the couch. Then at one point he tells her, oh, she's up and about when he comes back to the apartment. So all of this is coming from him. There's no, as what I, from what I could find, any communication from Felicia that day um so you 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 got all of that and then you have the facts so you, the other facts of the matter are the people that are also at the apartment so you have the little brother i know there's a lot of questions about the little brother the thing about it is is that there's so, there's no there's no information about that so we know that he's there we don't know how old he is we 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 know that he's younger than michael who at the time is 27, 28. But younger brother could have been, he was 25. He could have been 24. We we don't, we we have no clue. So he is home with her. He's alone with her. Dina, for whatever reason, decides to leave her little sister alone with these people. Michael is still coming in and out of the apartment because he's moving out. He's still getting his stuff together. He still has a key. He still has access. He also was there the night before, according to them, you know, hanging out and partying with them. So it's just, there's so many questions about what was going on the day that Felicia ultimately disappeared. Because, like I said, the only for sure identifying witness that we, or witness that we have that identifies seeing her is her sister seeing her that morning you know if you believe michael he was there all day you know he, he or she was there all day he saw her multiple times but there's no sightings of her there's no there's no communication with her around that and so that just opens up and leaves a lot of questions strictly just about that day period so
1: okay what else do you find interesting about this case
0: yeah so we have the situation with the the day that she disappeared we have the the situation with the sisters also so the main the main kind of character in this story or the other main character besides felicia i guess is dina because she's at dina's house she's at dina's apartment now dina is 27 28 years old she's over 10 years older than than Felicia. So she's the older sister. And so you kind of expect as the older sister for her to be a little bit more protective over her her younger sister. She hasn't known Felicia all her life, but it doesn't matter. They've reconnected. That's her little sister. They have this relationship. And now Felicia's at her house. So there's questions about why Dina didn't... um, you know, why Dina did leave her sister that day. But I think that if you listen to the episode, then you know that there was a lot of questionable decisions made by Dina throughout this situation. I don't know what was going on with Dina. I don't know what her um, thought process was, what her life was like, what her upbringing, I, I have no idea. But whatever it was, it made her a person that lacked judgment in that situation because her sister at 16 was exposed to things that she had not been exposed to before and that she really technically um, should have been protecting her from, not introducing her to, you know what I mean? Like you got your little sister coming up from this small town in North Carolina and you're drinking with her and smoking weed and and then that's not even including the whole streaking and the sex tape debacle like it, it's 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 hard to understand and i know that for most people that listen to this episode that was like their number one thing like what in the world was going on with the sister and it's it's hard to understand like i said sometimes people's actions are Determined by their circum by their by their experiences, I should say. Right, you know, they make decisions because this is maybe that's just how she grew up. Maybe I, I don't I don't know. Maybe this was normal for her. This wasn't a big. Maybe she started drinking and smoking when she was that age, and so when Felicia comes to to visit her, she's just trying to be the cool big sister. This is not something out of the ordinary for her. Right. Like you, you know what I mean? And like, you can
1: see, and, and you can see that because that's how, um, uh, you know. I wouldn't say that it's something that's okay, but when you have an older sibling, like I'm the youngest of all of my exactly. brothers and sisters, so they, they're like, yeah, we're doing this. Come exactly. on. And sometimes they'll be like, no, you can't come. Exactly. But sometimes they're like, yeah, come on.
0: Exactly. And I think in this situation, it's the, the it's hard, it's so sad to say, but I think like, Obviously, the problem, the ultimate problem is that this resulted in Felicia's murder because it's not the most unheard of thing for older siblings to introduce their younger siblings to bad things or take their little brother with them or take their little sister with that's not that's not unheard of so it's not like us act like not act like that's not not (laughs) a thing it's a thing you know what I mean like and I know that there are listeners out there that was listening to them like oh snap I gave my brother his first beer when he was 17 you know we people do certain things and you 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 don't so that part right there alone doesn't make Dina this horrible person. But I do think that there were other things. I think the fact that she was so comfortable allowing her little sister to be around these men. I think that is a questionable decision. I think the fact that so we you know we kind of alluded to this when I was talking about the the disappearance, but when when Felicia comes to visit Dina in in the summer of 2010, they have this Incident where they're all drinking and smoking and having a good time, and then somebody has the bright idea that they'll go streaking in a schoolyard. Now, why in a schoolyard? I have no idea, but that just lets you know how terrible of decisions that all of these people were making. So, they, but they decided they're going to go streaking in a schoolyard, and so they go and do that, and then there's some type of sexual encounter between all those people there, and it's like. Felicia is there, Dina is there, Michael, Michael's little brother, and I believe Michael's cousin, who I assume was a was a male. Um, they have this sexual encounter, and I don't really know what the details are of that, and I really don't care to know. But this all happens on that night. But the same night that that happens, according to Dina, and she testified to this, that that same night, um, after they had, I think, gotten back to the apartment, she saw Michael and Felicia allegedly in the bathroom together and that he allegedly was like wiping something off of her leg and then went to like touch her private area her vagina and Felicia ended up brushing the hand away and so that's the that's the situation where you would as a sister or people I think judge Dina and say that should have been just it. She should have just been... She should have never allowed her sister to be around that man ever again. And and Dina's defense is that, well, she did end the relationship. She stopped having sex with Michael. The relationship was essentially over. He was just living there. And that could have just been because of finances or whatever. But according to her, the relationship was over. And she didn't say anything because she felt like the relationship between her and her sister was fragile because it was so new. And if she said something to her father or, you know, Felicia's mother found out, then she would never see Felicia again. And that that's, was her justification for not saying anything and kind of trying to handle this as the best way she could. Now, of course, most people would then question, well, if that's what happened and you felt so uncomfortable with this man that you ended your relationship with him, then why— Six months later, when your sister comes back, is are you allowing her to be alone with him? Are you allowing her to? It, 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 that that's like I said, when you talk about questionable decisions and and things that don't make sense or would are raising people's suspicions about those actions. That's a that's a that's a valid question. Like why why did you? Like I said, who knows? You yeah, know, everybody. We we sometimes like I said we sometimes. Are able to judge people's decisions from sometimes from a point of privilege, and I'm not saying everybody is. Sometimes people who've been through some real stuff and they're talking because they know, you know. But sometimes some of us sit in judgment of people from a position of privilege and from a position of not knowing what it's like to be those people or whatever they've gone through. And like I said, they're not excuses, but sometimes they're just reasons. Sometimes they give you context behind Definitely. why somebody made such a terrible decision you know what I mean yeah. um and so when it comes to Dina um you know I I I think that that's always possible that that doesn't negate the fact that she that yeah there were some there were some bad decisions made and I think that she even realized that I mean when she testified at the trials she acknowledged that she made stupid mistakes that she wasn't thinking. You know what I mean? Which um, we all do. We all do. And like I said, it's it's so... We The other thing is, is that we've all made stupid mistakes. I know I have. I've made dumb decisions. I've made... We We've all been there. But never do we think, usually I should say, that it's going to result in somebody dying or us dying. Like, sometimes you're just living life and kind of just taking it day by day and you don't you don't foresee that that's what's going to be the result um so there are things about like i said i agree that there are things about um dina's decisions those that 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 night that or oh, i'm sorry that that day um her decisions leading up to that some of her choices that really are questionable but it's it's hard to know why those decisions were made and why in those in those moments, her judgment was so terrible. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Um, good
1: insight on that. Uh, do you want to go to anything else that you have interesting or? Yeah. Okay, so, so let's keep going. Um,
0: what yeah. else do you have? Okay, so <sighs> the next thing I think that you know it, it's it's Michael. It's the it's the ex boyfriend. It's he's the. He's the biggest part of the, the 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 case because he's the last person to see Felicia. He's the person that ends up being arrested for Felicia's murder, and then he's the person that is ultimately acquitted after eight years and three trials. There's a lot of things about Michael in that situation, just like Dina's decisions, um, are questionable that that make you question his choices and his judgment and the things that he did and what his intentions may have potentially ultimately be, been. Now, according to everything I really pretty much could find about Michael previous to this situation, nobody really had anything bad to say about him. He was pretty much a regular guy, people who knew him. He never got in any real trouble. So, you know, there, there was those things about him. And, and like I said, that may have played into... Dina's ultimate kind of guard down about Michael. Like, even if she thought that something else was going on, I I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But ultimately, a year after, so we fast forward a little bit. We know Felicia disappears. Her body is found four months after she vanishes. Uh, April 2011, her body is found. And her body is found floating in the Susquehanna River naked. A year later, Michael is ultimately arrested. Now, according to the reporting that I found about this, this was kind of like a shock, I guess, to like the people who were following it, the news, the media. And I think it may have had to do with the fact that it took so long. After, he He was always the last person that saw her, that was never a hidden part of the d- details of this story. But I think that ultimately, maybe the fact that it took a year for him to be arrested, that that was the ultimate shock in it all. But when he is arrested, when it's first announced, like, the prosecutors are, like, not saying anything. And so it's hard to say, like, well, w- what, what evidence did they have? How did they get to this conclusion? Why And why did it take them a year to get here? But when they reveal what they know or what they have in terms of evidence, it is circumstantial. They have eyewitness accounts. They have, um, uh, you know, him buying a blue tote at Walmart the day that she's disappeared. They end up tapping his phone and listening to his conversations. And so they have all of these things that he's saying and doing that are suspicious, and that's why they're ultimately able to bring these charges against him. They have the first trial. They present their case, the prosecution presents their case. It's circumstantial, like I said. There's no DNA evidence. There's no fingerprints. There's no blood. There's no there's, no, there's none of those things that they're able that they're able to use to connect him to Felicia's murder. Right. He's ultimately, he's actually charged with first degree and second degree murder. That was what he was on trial for. The prosecution presents their case. The defense presents their case. And the defense, the defense's case is pretty much like the prosecution doesn't really have enough evidence. Like just like that was, that was pretty much the defense's case from, from jump. Like they don't have enough evidence to prove that our client is the person that is responsible for this crime. and. The jury in the first case doesn't really believe the defense, obviously, because they end up finding Michael guilty. They don't find him, however, guilty of the first-degree murder. They find him guilty of second-degree murder. So you have that first kind of conviction, and one of the biggest things that happens during that case is that this kind of jailhouse snitch guy, liar guy, just... He testifies and says all these things. And ultimately, um, uh, Michael's defense attorneys are like, this guy's a liar. And the prosecution didn't tell us about his extensive criminal history and all the stuff that he's been caught up with. So we're actually going to file a motion to have this conviction overturned, Like, basically had the trial kind of just declared a, a mistrial afterwards? I don't know what the technical was. That was, like. was that witness. Uh, the guy was he already in prison or was he free? I, I, he wasn't. I don't think he was in jail at the time that he testified, but he just was somebody with a long, a long rap sheet, as they say. Okay. He yeah, and he had been um, someone who was kind of known to be a liar. Like that was. That was his thing. I guess he had testified in other cases and proven to be a liar. I don't really know the, all of the details, but whatever it was, it was enough for a judge to literally stop a trial. Or, you know, not stop a trial, but overturn a conviction that had happened when he was. they were supposed to be doing a sentencing. So they obviously had enough for that. And so, you know, you just... I know that people listened to this case and were frustrated by all of those things they had to do. And so, you know, Michael ultimately gets a second trial, and then he gets a third trial. And then by the third trial, second trial is declared a mistrial because the prosecution presented evidence they weren't supposed to present. And then the third trial ends is, is in acquittal because the judge is like, y'all don't have enough evidence to prove that this man did this. And so... I'm just going to end this right here drop all of the charges. And that's where we ended up at today, where Michael has had all these charges dropped. But there are so many questions about him. And he is um, by all by legally, he is an innocent man. He has not been found guilty, has not been convicted. He has maintained his innocence from the beginning. So that's important to say. He's always maintained his innocence. But there are things that—and there were enough things for, initially, the prosecution to think that he was the suspect. There just wasn't enough evidence to convict him. They just did not have the right evidence to convict him. And ultimately, it really ended up in his acquittal. And that is the—you know, to kind of wrap up the most interesting things about this case, or— in this situation, in this particular, it, it's the most shocking thing about this case, I should say. Because it's so rare for this to happen. For someone to be arrested, to have this many trials, to have a lot... Even circumstantial. We've seen cases where there's been nothing but circumstantial evidence, and it's been enough to convict... It happens all the time. They've been able to convict people of murder without a body. So they're, they're, this is not... It's not something that it can't be done. But in this situation... And I think that this is one of those cases that it does really take a really deeper, deeper dive into the things that happened because there are a lot of things about this case. It's just like, huh? Like, like, like it. It it just is. And and you know, I did this in a one episode story. It could have been done over three or four episodes. Honestly, like there's so many layers to this story that it's one. Of, I I don't I don't remember what the case we did, but it, I think it was the Dana Chisholm case. It's like it's one of those cases. Like I I would hope that one of those kind of like cold case shows or somebody would take up because if somebody could really put a lot of effort into this case, even now we're talking about 12 years later. There's something. There's there's some piece to something this. Something missing. Something missing that could tie all of this together. And when it comes to Michael, I don't know if they could try him again. I don't know if double jeopardy would apply. I don't know if they were able to even find evidence that tied him to this murder. If they I, I don't even know at this point. I would have to even I had to look into that. I don't I don't even know because he's been tried three times and then he was ultimately acquitted. So it's 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 a shame because, uh, at the end of the day, there are just no answers when it comes to who did this. We know what happened and a lot of, you know, we, ultimately that Felicia was murdered, but it, there's a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of things that we just don't know. And I don't know how long it's going to take for, you know, us to get those answers, honestly.
1: Well, yeah, that was, uh, that's some really good insight on uh, this case and of, always, we appreciate uh, the extra insight you have on this case. At this time, we're going to get into some questions um, for from our Black Girl Gone uh, audience and listeners, and you guys were able to comment um, under the post this week, mm-hmm. and also on Spotify. Uh, remember that that is a new way, as we mentioned in one of the previous episodes, that you guys can comment and leave questions on the case, uh, uh, as this is your part of um, afterthoughts. Uh, So the question reads, was Felicia's sister ever charged with giving drugs and alcohol to a minor? Good question.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So nothing that I could find says anything about uh, anybody other than Michael being charged in connection with this crime. There was no reporting about Dina ever being um, investigated or charged with Giving drugs or alcohol to a minor, I don't know. It, I, you know, no. So the, the question, The answer to the question, ultimately is no. Um, it, it probably had a lot to do with just the overall circumstances of the case, and like you know, like I said before, just the the layers and and all of that, and so that might not have been a priority for prosecutors to charge the sister of the victim with with a crime like that. Yeah so that that would just be my guess i think that you know there like i said before dina made a lot of questionable choices but how that played in ultimately into her sister's murder it that's that's unknown and whether or not a prosecutor would have wanted to pursue those charges in in light of the circumstances it, no you know it's 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 not impossible to imagine but um to me, it's not surprising that the prosecutor wouldn't have, have gone down that road without any, any solid evidence that Dina was somehow connected to it, which, I, you know, obviously there, there was never that. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to read a comment. Mm-hmm. This comment reads, it's disappointing how her case went cold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How does the police department have so much evidence but not enough to put anyone in jail? Crazy how the justice system works. Against black women,
0: yeah, I mean, you know if if you listen to this show, you know that that's the that's the reason why we do this show because of the way the justice system uh treats black women um victims not not only in the justice system but also obviously in the media um but yeah i i can I completely agree it's it's interesting that there seems to be a lot of evidence and yet not the correct evidence. I think that Felicia's mom was really right because part of the problem now, you know, the Baltimore police ultimately did step up and it's ended up becoming, you know, according to reporting, the biggest search in Baltimore police history for a missing person. But they did drop the ball in the beginning. They did drop the ball in the beginning because. Initially, they felt like Felicia had ran away. And even in their first statements to the media, two days after she's missing, they're talking about how they don't believe that foul play is involved. And so there's also the possibility that the evidence that they needed to be able to prove who did this was lost in that time. By the time they found Dina, it was... I mean, sorry, at the time they found Felicia, uh, it was almost four months later. Her body was found floating in a river. She was naked. So whatever evidence had been on her body had probably more likely than not been lost. Um, You know, there was just, there was certain things that they would have been able, I would assume, to find had, from the moment they found out Felicia was missing, if they had gone and treated this like a, teenage girl was missing right. maybe we would have had more am- answers maybe the evidence that we don't have now they would have had then but of course there's obviously no way to know that because that's not what happened so. yeah and
1: I, I I'll say personally I just don't like um, them always running to the they ran away thing I, I, I hate that that's always
0: the first thing they ran the, away yeah it's always the first thing it's always the first thing and you know, yeah, a lot of people do run away and a lot of people do go missing on their own. It it does happen. And uh, statistically, you know, most missing person reports end up in the person being found because they're not really missing. They just haven't picked up their phone in a couple of days. They don't feel like being bothered. I mean, that happens a lot. But we all know that also statistically, young Black women, young Black girls like uh, Felicia are more likely to be labeled as a runaway than had uh, Felicia been a young white girl under these same circumstances. You're talking about an honor student on the track to graduate high school early, already accepted to college. This is not someone who fits the profile of a runaway from the jump, from the moment there was nothing about her. She was not from Baltimore. She was from a small town in North Carolina. She came to Baltimore to visit her family. Why would she run away where and run away to where to who that, that it so even that you know like I said, ultimately they they did try to make up for their mistakes, but it out you know days had been lost by yeah. that time so uh,
1: I'm gonna go for another comment mm-hmm. um. This listener always comments, which we appreciate. The prosecution dropped the ball on this case, point blank, simple. Mm -hmm. I personally believe they had the person responsible, but they didn't handle the case the right way, Mm -hmm. is what I think she's saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, there was a lot of missing parts. Her newly found family didn't protect her. Mm -hmm. Her sister thought her ex was weird, Mm -hmm. but still allowed him around.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How do you go a whole day and didn't talk? to her or stop by to check on her while she's in your home. Yeah. Uh, That's a good comment.
0: Yeah. That's, Um, I I mean, yeah, that pretty much. That's a, that's an excellent comment. I mean, just to start it off. Yeah. I, I I 100% agree. I do think that the prosecution dropped the ball. I do think that they, like I said, just from the, the, the presenting the witness, the mistakes that were made in this case, you know the the mistrial from them presenting evidence that shouldn't have been shown to the jury. It, it's just like it was like a series of unfortunate events, and it, and it just doesn't make any sense. Like how how that could have kept happening in this situation. The like I said, I I believe that the evidence that they could have found um, was lost in a lot of those early days when they did not investigate this as a missing person, and yeah the yes the the decisions that dina made you know having these these grown men around her sister you know the alcohol the weed the you know the all of that it it's 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 really it's really sad and like i said for all parties involved you know it, it's 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 sad for dina that she made these decisions that ultimately um, may have led to her sister's, you know, demise. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad situation. And I, you know, like, so I, I 100% agree with you. Like there's so many things that went wrong, you know, prosecution um, decisions that, you know, her sister made. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, if, if they, you know I, I like i said i would i would assume let me say that i would assume that this is something that has never that that bothers them it would bother me you know like the the should have the could the would haves about the decisions that you made so yeah it's it's a tough situation it's a tough situation it's a, it's a this, is, this was a hard case guys it was a hard it's a hard case and like i said because it's just so much that we just don't know that we just don't have the answer to and and then there's also things that we do know that are maddening, like it just it just is you know, yeah, man. do you have
1: any questions that you wanna um kind of go into? I have so many uh, there were so many comments on the video post which uh we appreciate, and I know that some people uh, that listen just realized that black girl gone.
0: It was on yeah on Instagram yeah
1: Instagram. my wife is not on the page um doing a bunch of videos and a bunch of stuff of uh that that she likes to do it's really just focused on the podcast but we do have an Instagram page if you would like to follow it
0: yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I do have a. I have a, I have a question that I want to answer. so. This one it says so. My questions are: Has the little brother been investigated? She was left sound asleep in the bed with the little brother. Could it be Michael covered for the little for the little brother or for or was covered for the brother? Dina is an interesting one. How can you say they were alone in a restroom naked after you all went streaking? and i'm sorry he wouldn't have made it out of the restroom dina knows more so yeah i think so to the first part of your question has the little brother been investigated um no i don't know anything about the little brother being investigated which i think is an, is is a is a really good question because we knew that he was there he was there as far as we know alone with felicia um and so yeah, we don't know how much. I we actually we don't know anything about the little brother. Let's just go ahead and say that. I I I didn't really find any information about this little brother besides the accounts from Dina about him being there um and then the um the their her brother also kind of recounted that he was there, but that was based on what Dina had told him. So there's actually very little information, even anything about him. So whether or not police investigated him, whether or not police questioned him and figured out, you know, what he had to say, you you would assume that they did, right? But, you know, it's hard to make assumptions in these types of cases. Who knows? But like I said, as far as we know, um, he wasn't ever investigated. But even the question about Michael covering for him... That's a i mean that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting angle i mean that's like i said um because we know so little about the little brother and and what police know about that situation, it does leave open a lot of questions um about what he knows and what he saw and whether or not he had anything to do with this so Yeah, that was, um, yeah, I I thought that was a really good question because, um, you know, all of that, you know, even the whole part, and I kind of talked about that, like Dina's decision not to, you know, because she mentioned about the whole bathroom naked situation and, you know, like I said, I mean, it's, like I said, we, it's hard to judge people's actions In in a situation that I wasn't in, and so I don't, you know what I mean. Like, and and it's listen, and I do this show, and I know everybody has their opinions, and that's what that's you know that's why you listen. Like, you should have your opinion. Um, your your opinions are valid. I just don't know. I can't say for sure why Dina made the decisions that she made. I just I can't, you know what I mean. And as somebody who hosts this show and sees these cases all the time, and 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 after two years of doing this show, um. It's always very hard for me to to stand in judgment of anyone's decisions. I think, like I said, I I think even Dina would admit that she did not make the best choices in those situations. So I think we can say that. That's that's a, that's a something we can say. But everything else, yeah, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to say. I I I, I I'll leave that for y'all to. I <laughs> will leave right, that for right. y'all to say. Right. Yeah. I'll say somebody, it like that.
1: somebody went in on the comments, but it's um, but it was a bunch of questions, but. The one part of the question that sticks out mm-hmm. is: Did they mention who was engaging sexually with who in the video, mm. in, in any of the research? And, and and you probably, of course, couldn't find that. Out. I but couldn't that is, find that. But that
0: is a that's, that's the a good question. question. Yeah. Well, so what we because know who is that in that video, they man? show the video. So what we do know is that the, it's not just like a, a recap of the video. There's an actual. Video And that actual video was shown to the jury. And so a jury has seen that evidence. So I'm pretty sure that in that case, police have been able to identify all of those people in the video. From what I could tell from the research, the people in the video were Dina, Felicia, Michael, Michael's little brother, and then Michael's cousin, I I believe that they he was because because there were five people in the video. And like I said, I assumed that the cousin was a male cousin. So I was under the impression, based on what I could find, that Dina and Felicia were the only two females in this situation. And then it was Michael, his brother, and then his cousin. Um but in terms of those people being identified, like I said, I I would assume that they were identified because the prosecution used it as part of their evidence, you know, to prove their case. And so, you know, they would have had to identify who these people were in this video. And in terms of who was doing what with who, now, I don't know that. Right. I don't know none of that. I don't know. They just, they, and and they didn't, from what I could see about the video, just to go into some of the kind of disgusting details, they didn't say that it was like intercourse, they made it seem like it was, like, touching. Touchy-feeling Yeah, fondling type of vibe. I don't—I yeah. I, I honestly don't know. But okay. they, they didn't say that it was just, like, this—like, that type of sex. But it was a sex tape in terms of the fact that they were naked and, like, touching each other, I guess. I don't know. Um,
1: I'm going to end it on this note, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, which is the most important comment. hmm Which is, I'm so disappointed in the way this ended. And I think that that was the sentiment. I saw a lot of other comments, um, but there was somebody that mentioned it first. And they just mentioned um, that they listened to the episode today and they were disappointed in the way that the story Mm -hmm. um, that it ended, Ended. which which is... I think we all course, were. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's a sad one. It's a sad story. I, mean, I think like I said, like you always say, they are they all, they're all sad, sad, but this this is just Yeah. This is just This um, is really sad. Really and sad. It yeah. could
0: be like I said, it, it yeah. Because of some there's so many things um that that went wrong in this case, from the decisions that people made to the prosecution to to the police. Uh, there, there were so many things that went wrong. Um, and I too was disappointed. Like I said, when I first came across this case and I started reading the details of it, I was shocked. I was just like, wait, what? It, it, it's it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and it, it's disappointing that it does seem like police had had a lot. It seemed like there was a lot of information. There was a lot of evidence. And like I said, it was circumstantial. There wasn't a lot of physical evidence, um, but... I've seen cases be convicted on way less than this, yeah. and so, um, way it's, it's way less. It's, it is sad to see that um, she, you know, that this all uh, this is ultimately how it ended for Felicia, and she had such a promising life. She was, you know, a good student on the trek to graduate early, on her way to college, like a, a good girl, you know. She just—it's—it's it's a shame. It's—it's really—it's really 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 sad. Um, yeah, it yeah. just is. It just So is. so
1: um, thank you for every thank you to everyone who commented. I know that the video was posted and a lot of people um, engaged. They followed Black yeah. Girl boy. This is not the sh- this is not the podcast. This is just the afterthoughts. The podcast is on Mondays and yeah. um. My wife, Amara, she tells uh, as mm-hmm. much as the story that she can research, yeah. find, dig into. And uh, this is just some of the thoughts um, surrounding the cases that we candidly talk about mm-hmm. um, when we're not on the microphone or try to you know, produce a show. So uh, if you stumbled into this episode, um, go back and listen to um, the real episode of her just telling this story and share this story
0: yeah um it it you know I I think that you know it's it, this like I said this is a sad story so this was a hard one to tell and it, it was one of those stories that you know, like I said I wanted to start telling more stories about younger um you know black girls and girls under the age of you know 18 that have gone missing and so this was one of those stories and it just was a hard one to tell and I was reluctant to tell it because of the details of this story it just it, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to listen to. It's tough to, um, to, and then of course the, the outcome is, is frustrating. Like, um, like, like someone said, it's frustrating, but it's, it's the reason why we tell these stories because a story like Felicia's continues to need attention. There, there is someone out there that knows something and I don't know what the ultimate outcome of this case will be, but I do think it's important to continue to tell Felicia's story and continue to put her, um, you know, her story out there and, and keep her memory alive because, you know, the person responsible hasn't been found. And so, you know, that's why I'm here and that's why I tell these stories. So... Um, again, I appreciate all of you guys' questions this week. This was, you know, I know some episodes elicit more questions than other episodes, and I I've pretty much figured that this was going to be one of those um, episodes. So I know we didn't get to everybody's question, um, but I appreciate you guys asking questions. Um, we will be back, of course. Next week with a brand new episode of Black Girl Gone, and then we will uh, be back again with a brand new After Thoughts. Um, so of course, keep your questions coming. Remember, you can ask questions on Spotify. I usually try to update it in the morning after the episode comes out, and so you can submit your questions through Spotify as well. And then, of course, for those who didn't know, we are on Instagram, so you can follow us at Black Girl Gone Podcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and TikTok. So if you're not following us on social media, but you are on social media, then follow us. Uh, you can stay up to date. I post the new episodes on Sundays so you can know what's coming um, and engage with us on on the social media. So uh, like always, thank you guys so much for listening to Afterthoughts. Um, I hope I was able to get to your questions and we will talk to you guys next week.